was uh, verse 7. We never quite made it there. I'm not sure we'll make it there this morning. We may. The Psalms 57, let me read the first seven verses. <coughs> and the psalmist starts out, says, Have mercy upon me, O God, according to thy loving kindness, according to the multitude of thy tender mercies, blot out my transgressions. Wash me thoroughly from mine iniquity, and cleanse me from my sin. For I acknowledge my transgression, and my sin is ever before me. Against thee and thee only have I sinned, and done this evil in thy sight, that thou mightest be justified when thou speakest, and be clear when thou judgest. Behold, I was shaped in iniquity, and in sin did my mother conceive me. Behold, thou desirest truth in the inward parts, and in the hidden part thou shalt make me know wisdom. Purge me with hyssop, and I shall be clean. Wash me, and I shall be whiter than snow. So we'd like to look at these uh, verses this morning. <clears throat> and as I said, we... we uh, looked at some of it last week but in uh, verse one there and it starts out uh, something that you know we may take for granted but certainly should not take for granted he starts out have mercy upon me have mercy upon me O God didn't ask that God would judge him according to his righteousness he didn't ask that God would judge him according to how sincere he was. He didn't say, well, God, I'm, I'm better than most. He didn't say anything like that. Just have mercy upon me. And more often reminds us with the request that God would judge us, not according to our merit, but according to his mercy. And mercy is, uh, is, is the opposite of justice. Mercy is acknowledging, yes, uh, and you may look at it in our courts today even. Somebody maybe is guilty of something. And they're, they're acknowledging, they're not trying to deny it. And they say, I'll just uh, throw myself on the mercy of the court. That I'll have a, a lighter judgment than the law or justice would demand. So that's that's mercy. Uh, it's not something that's earned or anything like that, but he asks for mercy. And, and I pray that that's always in your thoughts, that we look for God's mercy. And last week we, we read several scriptures about his mercy that we should be grateful for. That he won't remove his mercy from us, that he may chasten. But he won't break his covenant. He won't break his promise. He will not remove his mercy from those that he has promised it to. <coughs> so uh, the psalmist starts out, have mercy upon me, O God. According to, and, and we see that a lot. And anytime you see that in the scriptures, it's never according to what I do or what you do. Never according to that. Have mercy upon me according to 
by loving kindness. According to the multitude of thy tender mercies, blot out my transgressions. So we see the frame of mind that the psalmist went before God asking not judgment, not justice, but asking for mercy. Uh, and then uh, verse 2 will continue on then as we, we just finished verse 1 uh, last week so we'll look at verse 2 so carrying along the same vein he says wash me thoroughly from mine iniquity and cleanse me from my sin. For I acknowledge my transgressions, and my sin is ever before thee. So the psalmist is asking for a cleansing here, that uh, he would wash him thoroughly. He acknowledged <clears throat> that he needed washing. He acknowledged that he needed cleansing. And he asked for uh, that cleansing. And I hope you realize that we also are in need of that cleansing. Many feel that, that uh, they don't. They're not in need of cleansing. But Isaiah 64 and 6 says that we are all with an unclean thing. And all of our righteousness is as filthy rags. And it's, uh, I can't help but feeling it's, it's sad that the people are holding up filthy rags to God. And Clara may, in their ignorance, they don't realize what they're doing. They're holding up the filthy rags before God. Uh, we talked about Job last week as well, and something I've missed for many years, but Job said, if I wash my, talk about cleansing and so forth, if I wash myself with snow and make my hands never so clean, Thou shalt plunge me in a ditch, and my own clothes shalt whore me. <clears throat> we understand that we can't clean ourselves. Job said, if I do the best, and he used the purest thing you can think of, the white snow. If I wash myself with snow, make my hands never so clean. Yet thou shalt plunge me in a ditch, my own clothes shalt whore me. So many years, I mean, I understood somewhat the first part, but my own clothes shall whore me. And I, and I missed that for several years. <clears throat> well, what, what, if he <clears throat> tries to wash himself and do the best he can, you'd think, okay, that makes him just before God. That's what the natural man would think. But Job says, no. If I, if I cleanse myself, the the purest that I can, plunge me in a ditch, and my own clothes would whore me. What, what type of clothes would that be? We all dress different in everything, different times, different places. So is there certain clothing that we could wear that uh, <clears throat> wouldn't be a... a our own clothes would defile me. Is there certain clothes we would wear that wouldn't defile us? Well, yes, but we're not talking about physical clothing. So Job said, if I, if I wash myself with snow and I make my hands never so clean, 
then his own clothes was before him. What clothes is it? We, we talked about that before in the law of Moses. We're not to have mixed clothing. We're not to wear mixed garments. Why? Because, as Job said, it, my, own, my own clothes were before me. If we wear mixed garments. So what garments... What, what do you view as your covering before Almighty God? What, what garments to cover you? It's the blood of Jesus Christ. Now if I mix that, if I mix that with, as Job said, if I wash myself with snow, if we mix that with I at all, then those coverings, those garments would whore us and should. Because we're denying that it all comes from Jesus Christ. We're looking to something else. We saw this, and I, I think I want to read this again in, in Luke uh, chapter 18. Luke chapter 18. We read this last week. Uh, <clears throat> this is not necessarily about an earthly garment, but what it's, it's talking about two individuals and what they trusted in. And we'll see the difference. Luke 18 and verse 9. <clears throat> again, we read this last week, but I want to read it again because it just it, it really goes along so well with uh, our Psalm 51. Our, this is the Lord Jesus Christ speaking in verse 9 of Luke 18. And he spoke a certain parable unto certain who trusted in themselves that they were righteous and despised others. So Job started out, if I wash myself with snow. Of course, at this point, Job realized, if, yeah, if I wash myself with snow, that wouldn't do it. But these don't realize that. Said uh, they trust in themselves that they were righteous. And then it says in verse 10, two men went up to the temple to pray, the one a Pharisee and the other a tax collector or publican. And I want to pause there and again, I realize we talked about this last week, but I think it's important to see who these were. One was a Pharisee. Now the Pharisees, before the Lord came, were looked up on highly esteemed, weren't they? Apostle Paul was a Pharisee. We read in Philippians, uh, the third chapter, that he was a Pharisee. He said, touching righteousness was in the law. He said, I was blameless. So this was one of them. Uh, though the Pharisees, they knew the law inside and outside. And uh, they didn't understand it. They understood the, the literal, fleshly part of it, but they didn't understand the spiritual part of the law at all, that all those things are, are pointing to Christ. So this one was a Pharisee, and they'd gone up to pray. One was a Pharisee. Again, we can read about uh, Apostle Paul when he was Saul of Tarsus. He was a Pharisee, uh, trusting in his own self-righteousness. You read about the Pharisees, and when the Lord comes on the scene, we read all about the Pharisees. Who was all the accusers 
troublemakers, the Pharisees, those that looked to the law of Moses, didn't understand what it was really talking about. So one of these two went up to pray. One of them was a Pharisee. And the other was a tax collector or publican. And uh, I think it's important to understand about that. So the Pharisee, who, who they looked on as highly esteemed, and then there's this tax collector, this publican. And, you know, we talked about that, and it's, I, I try sometimes to give examples. Tax collector. But see, they were under uh, the Roman government. They had their own government and everything, but they had, it was under the Roman government. So it'd be like today, and I use a, a, a sci-fi illustration. Let's say there was a big ship from outer space come up here on the earth and uh, they just took over the human race kind of. They had this thing that they just took control. So then, uh, so we've got, you pay your, your county taxes and your state taxes and, and uh, federal taxes, so you pay all those taxes and everything. But then let's say from this big spaceship, they're gonna collect their taxes too like the Roman government collected taxes on them. So uh, let's say we've got John Doe here. We know we've got the IRS and we've got the different state tax, taxation departments to collect taxes, the federal and state and so county and so forth. But this alien ship up here that, that was all kind of, they had control, they was, they was the power so they had their own tax collector. So now, after April 15th, you pay your state and federal and settle up with the government and, and so forth, and, and every time you buy gas or anything taxable, you pay your accounting sales tax and stuff like that. But now, here comes this John Doe. He's, he's one of us, he's human, but he comes around. Claire May, here's the, it's kind of the option. Well, kind of like trick or treat, maybe. Anyway, okay, here I'm collecting for those guys up there. We all hate those guys up there, but I'm collecting for them. And they go around collecting. And, and I started to use maybe like the Chinese government or Russians, maybe someday they, we're still living in the United States, we still have our tax system, but they're saying, oh, give me, I want gold, or I want this, or I want that. So anyway, somebody that ruled over us, they're collecting. And it might be somebody that, let's say it just happened, let's say it was me or something, and uh, we had our former government, we do, but all of a sudden now we have this. And for whatever reason, either I volunteer or they select me, I don't know which way it is, but I said, David, come on here, <laughs> pay up. You wouldn't like me. You look down on me, I'm, look who I'm for. So these publicans and, and so forth, they were collecting taxes like for the Roman government. So they weren't highly esteemed. They really looked down on them. They didn't like them. So there's two went up to pray. One, the Pharisee. And the other, tax collector. Verse 10, I'll read that and then we'll read on. Two men went up to the temple to pray, one a Pharisee, the other a tax collector. The Pharisee stood and prayed thus with himself, 
God, I thank thee that I am not as other men are. Right there was a first mistake, if you will. Extortioners, unjust, adulterers, or even as this tax collector. I fast twice in the week. I give tithes of all that I possess. So here's the, here's the Pharisee. Again, we won't go, but you can read about Apostle Paul when, when he was Saul before, when he was a Pharisee. And he, he trusted in his genealogies, and he certainly trusted in his righteousness in the law. So touching the law, so I blame I'm better than all of you than that. Of course, we know the Lord converted him from that. But that's what he believed in, this Pharisee. So now this Pharisee is going before God. He's not really realizing what my filthy shirt in there, that all of our righteousness are filthy rags. He doesn't realize that, does he? He goes before God. God, let me tell you what I I thank thee that I am not as other men are, extortioners, unjust, adulterers, or even as tax collector. I fast twice in the week. I give tithes of all that I possess. You think, well, all these are good qualities, one would think. But now let's look at this lowly tax collector that... Uh, Certainly people didn't look up to. Verse 13. And the tax collector, a publican, standing afar off, would not lift up so much as his eyes to heaven, but smote upon his breast, saying, God, be merciful unto me, a sinner. I tell you, this man went down to his house justified rather than the other. For everyone that exalteth himself, I, uh, everyone that exalteth himself shall be abased. So in time, they'll be abased. They won't be what they thought they were. And he that humbleth himself will be exalted. So we see the, the difference there. We see the, the two and gives examples and so forth. And that's why Job said, if, if I watch myself, this is a period of time when the Lord opened Job's eyes, Job's eyes a certain thing. If I wash my, myself the snow, make my hands never so clean. Because, you know, the Pharisees were big on that too. They accused the Lord, well, why don't your disciples wash their hands, you know, before they eat and everything. So the Pharisees was all about this washing and cleansing and stuff like that of the outward man. Job realized, he said, but if I did that, I said, my own clothes, that which I covered my nakedness with would abhor me. So what are you, what clothing, what is your covering? Is it 99% Christ and 1%? Well, I'm doing the best I can. What is your covering? Job tells us, uh, Isaiah tells us, <laughs> we're all as unclean thing, and all of our righteousness are as filthy rags. The Pharisee didn't believe that. God, no, no I'm, I'm, 
I, I'm, my righteousness is not as filthy rags. Uh, I'm not like them. In fact, I thank you that I'm not like them. But he, he was, and he didn't realize it. Uh, so back in our text, uh, Psalm 51 and 4 and 5. Against thee and thee only have I sinned and done this evil in thy sight, that I might be, uh, that thou mightest be justified when thou speakest and be clear when thou judgest. Behold, I was shaped in iniquity, and in sin did my mother conceive me. Did the Pharisee realize that? Did the Pharisee know that, hey, I was born in sin? No, they thought they were living above sin by keeping the letter of the law of Moses. God, I thank you that I'm not like this publican. I do this. I do that. Uh, so, uh, anyway, uh, Behold, I was shaped in iniquity, and in sin did my mother conceive me. And, and people seem to forget about this as well. And in uh, Romans chapter 5, uh, Romans chapter 5 makes it very clear, and this is something that people, well, they tend to overlook. And the reason they overlook it is because they want to, they're like the Pharisees. They want to lift up. I'm glad I'm not like them. I thank the, now see, they thank God. The, the, uh, uh, the Pharisee uh, thanked God, and, and I didn't uh, bring that out. Uh, I'm going back there for just a second. The Pharisee stood up and prayed with himself. God, I thank thee. So he started out thanking God. God, I thank thee. But just because we use the words, God, I thank thee, does that make it right? God, I thank thee that I'm not as other men. So we, I wanted to point that out. He went before, used the name God. God, I thank thee. So he's thanking, God, I thank thee that I'm not as other men. Well, is that a bad thing or is that a good thing? Well, you see the result. I thank thee that I'm not as other men. So he thanked God. But still, you see, it was his self-righteousness that he was looking at. Uh, so our, our, our lesson was talking about, uh, as far as the, in, in uh, uh, sin did my mother conceive me and so forth. In uh, Romans chapter 5 and verse 12, and again, this is something that's overlooked by so many. Wherefore, as by one man, sin entered into the world. And there's no doubt it's talking about Adam. Wherefore, as by one man, sin entered into the world, and death by sin. So death passed upon all men, for all have sinned. Did that Pharisee understand that? Do the Pharisees of this day and age understand that? No, they don't. 
So this is, and, and all times I like to talk about this, this is the awful condition that we are in. Can you change that? Can you change what Adam did? Well, if I, 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 like the Pharisee, it's not going to change what Adam did. If you wash with snow, as Job spoke about, it's not going to change your appearance before God. He's still, what you covered yourself with, your garment, will cast you in a ditch, your own clothes with it for you. And certainly the Pharisee, as he was standing up there, the clothes, the garments that he was wearing, I, 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 certainly would have for him. Uh, but here, one man sent into the world. I'm not passing the buck. If it wasn't Adam, it certainly would be me. I'm not passing the buck. But I want to, uh, to show that we're all born sinners. We're all sinners. That's what we are. That's why... Isaiah said, we're all was an unclean thing, and all of our righteousness is filthy rags. All of us. There's only one exempt. It's Jesus Christ. So we're born into this terrible, depraved, totally depraved condition. But what's the way out? Did Pharisee, was he telling the way out in his prayers? No, that wasn't the way out. In verse uh, 18 of Romans 5, Therefore, as by the offense of one, judgment came upon all men to condemnation. Even so, by the righteousness of one. The Pharisee thought it was through his righteousness, didn't he? But this says through the righteousness of one, the free gift, not labored for, the free gift upon all men unto justification of life. For as by one man disobedience, many were made sinners, so by the obedience of one shall many be made righteous. And that one is Jesus Christ by his obedience. The Pharisee didn't see that. God, I thank thee that I'm not like them. He didn't say, God, I thank thee that you covered me with the blood of Jesus Christ. That's not what he said. God, I thank thee that I'm not as other men. We're all as other men. We're all born sinners in Adam. So, uh, we're born in a terrible condition. And that's why we call Jesus Christ our Savior. He saves us from that terrible condition. Uh, let's see. Uh, let's look at uh, verse 6 maybe in our text, Psalm 51, 6. And we're not going to make it to verse 7 again this morning, but that's okay. Psalm 51, 6. Behold, thou des desirest truth in the inward parts, and in the hidden part. Thou shalt make me know wisdom. Thou shalt make me to know wisdom. Bill talked, read that this morning. First uh, Corinthians, or First Corinthians two, I think, uh, about uh, wisdom. Uh, verse. So our lesson said he'll make me know wisdom. 
and Bill read it there in 1 Corinthians 2, and uh, well, all the way through there, really, but says, however, we speak wisdom among them that are perfect or complete, yet not the wisdom of this world, not the wisdom of this age, not the wisdom of the Pharisee. However, we speak the wisdom among them that are, uh, that are perfect, yet not the wisdom of this age, nor are the princes of this age, that come to nothing. That's the Pharisees. But we speak the wisdom of God in a mystery, even the hidden mystery, which God ordained before the, before the world or ages unto glory. So that was hidden from the Pharisee. He didn't, he didn't have this wisdom. He had an earthly wisdom. He looked to the letter of the law God, I thank thee that I'm not like this. So here's this wisdom uh, that, that Bill read about, and it goes on down through there. Uh, uh, well, verse 13, uh, which things also we speak not in the words which man's wisdom teacheth, but of which the Holy Spirit teaches, comparing spiritual things with spiritual so then our lesson said, uh, he shall make me know wisdom. Uh, and we should pray for wisdom, knowledge, and understanding. Not that we grow fat with it, that we would share with others. That others shares with us that would have this wisdom, knowledge, and understanding. But he said, thou shalt make me know wisdom. Didn't he do that to Job? You know, we talked a lot about Job. Uh, we know as much as we can understand what Job went through. It's the most perfect and upright man on the face of the earth, by the way. And all these things begin to happen to Job. And uh, as we would look at it earthly, Oh my goodness, how much just lost everything. His family, his land, uh, just lost. And then his health and mockery. People mocked him and everything. And, and to the point that it, uh, Job went through this phase. He started out, the Lord giveth, the Lord taketh away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. In the giving and the taking away. But then he got through, uh, and, and there's so much in Job. I, I really love the study of that. I learned so much from it. The Lord taught us so much through that. But then he, he went through, and he went through these other stages. And finally, he said, uh, God, this, this shouldn't be happening to me. He said, I wish there's a book written about my life. If I could get an audience with God, I'd take him and I'd show him, okay, this is my life. These things shouldn't be happening to me. Job went through that phase. Kind of like the Pharisees. God, here's, here's the things about me. I, I, I. 
the bad things happen to me should happen to them. He's questioning God's judgment. And uh, so, and, and I just, I just think it's laid out so perfectly. Job, he wanted to, there's a book written about him. Then he was thinking like the Pharisees, I, I, I. But if I, if I had this book and I could go before God and I could show him, then he'd see, no, this shouldn't be happening to me, it should be happening to them, and then all this would be taken off of me. Job was brought to that place. And then, you know, uh, God spoke to Job out of the whirlwind and asked him all these questions. Job, uh, where was you when I formed the earth? And what, what, what holds the earth up here? What's its foundations built on? Ask Job all these questions. And remember, remember the place Job was at that time. God, this shouldn't be happening to me. Just, just like the Pharisees, it shouldn't be happening to me. I'm this person. We, this book would show I am this person. I'm not like these people. This should be happening to them. So is that what was going to convince God then to say, oh, yeah, I'm sorry, I made a mistake. Uh, I'm going to take it off of you and put it on them. Is that, is that the way it was brought forth? Uh, in the last chapter of Job, and again, I... Uh, I just love this, knowing, and I, and I didn't see this for many years, but uh, Job had went through all these, uh, well, they were trials and tribulations. They weren't punishment. They were trials and tribulations to bring Job to a certain place. It's not, it was not punishment. It was chastisement to bring Job, it was chastisement to give Job this wisdom. That's what we're I wanted to bring that wisdom is what we're talking about in our lesson. So it was chastisement to bring Job to a different level of, of wisdom. And uh, so let's see. He said uh, whenever, uh, you know, God, he said, I wish I had eyes with God. I'd, I'd show him these things shouldn't be happening to me. It should be happening to others. So God said, uh, after asking him all these questions and everything, he said, okay, Job, here's your, here's your chance. You wanted to talk to me? Go ahead. You've got my, you've got my, I'm your audience now. Tell me all these things. Uh, and then he said, let's see. He said in verse uh, 5, I have heard of thee by the hearing of the ear. And see, Job had went preaching God. People looked up to Job. He went preaching God. He knew God. He said, I have heard of thee by the hearing of the ear. But now mine eye seeth thee. Wherefore I adhor myself and repent in dust, as, uh, dust and ashes. And... Uh, So Job was going to talk to God and set God straight. I was like the Pharisee. But then God said, uh, 
He said, okay, here's your opportunity. What do you want to tell me? And then Job says, well, I'll just I'll put my hand over my mouth. I, don't, I really don't have anything to say. I'll just put my hand over my mouth. I, have, I don't have a leg to stand on. I'll just put my hand over my mouth. So that's when Job said, well, I'd, I'd hurry, but now my eye seeth thee. Whenever our lesson said, he'll make you know wisdom. God can do it however he wants and all the many different ways that he wants. This was the way he did it for Job. Job knew God. Job preached God. Job preached the truth about God. If he brought him to another level, now mine eye seeth thee. So, God brings us to a place of wisdom in whatever way he chooses, whatever time period he chooses. We can't take any on glory for that. In fact, there's nothing we could take any on glory for. And I, I think of that as uh, I was talking to some brethren back there uh, a few weeks ago. One of the members of our church was asked several years ago, is your church fun? And we know what they were talking about, you know. But you think, here we're told we're nothing. We was born in sin and iniquities. All of your righteousness, all of our righteousness, filthy rags. But yet, I don't know if you use the word fun, but that's delightful to know what we are and what God is and who God is. So, uh, Lord willing, we'll take up this psalm again next week, and maybe we'll get to the, the purging and hyssop. You may want to study on that. Very interesting study there. What's the, the hyssop and so forth? May the Lord bless the speaking of his word. We're dismissed.